Good morning and welcome to the Social Collective's podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Erin, for my new sounds. (laughs) I love that. We are on episode 25 and we are here with our special guest, Allison Hanrahan with Mindful Business Operations. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah. Yay. And so, and we're here with Leslie with Local SEO and Hello. Alina with The Great Escape. Hi. So, we would like to talk to you a little bit about your new business. Can you tell us about it? Sure. I would love to. It's called Mindful Business Operations, and my mission statement and my why is to kind of take all the information I've learned from my MBA program, from working in tech companies, from doing consulting all these years, and kind of make it accessible to small business owners. I spend so much time and so much money going to graduate business school. I have my MBA. I'm certified Scrum Master. I'm working on Lean Six Sigma certification, so all this education, but I'm not applying it somewhere. So I thought it would be a win-win. Like, let me package it and make it accessible to small business owners in a way that's affordable. There's no profit motive here for me in this business. Um, I have a full-time job that I love. This is just something I feel like a calling to give back. So I'm trying to make it really accessible, bite-sized learning. A lot of people don't have the time, the money, or the interest to hire like a coach and no offense to any business coaches or consultants. I haven't worked with them before. I'm sure they have super value depending on your use case. But for me and the small business owners that I know, they just don't have the time to commit or the money to commit to go through a big expensive engagement. So my goal is just to kind of give you nuggets of information that I've learned and some tools that you can apply to your businesses to make them operate more smoothly and hopefully more profitably because I have so much respect for you small business owners. (laughs) I think you are amazing. I loved my entrepreneurship class in grad school, but there's so much risk, as you all know, that I was always kind of paralyzed into Mm. not taking that leap and leaving my full-time job and being a small business owner. So I have so much respect for you all. And if there's anything I can tell you that I've learned that will help, I just want to share that. That's awesome. I think it's actually perfect timing because we have Alina over here and she has The Great Escape, which is very successful in Manassas, but she's opening another at the Dulles Town Center Mall and it's going to be even more grand. And God so, help us. <laughs> it's like, Allison, you'll be getting a call from me after this podcast. It's like, what, triple, triple the size? Of Probably Manassas. even more. 20,000 square feet from 3,000 square feet. So oh wow. don't make me do math. But yeah. <laughs> so what is that? Is that seven times more? I don't know. Uh, no more math. <laughs> it's very So big. what are some tips for Alina starting out? She already has her successful business in Manassas, but mm-hmm. this is going to be, I think, bigger. And her having two businesses is going to make it a little bit harder to manage, I would assume all the backend stuff. So is there anything like right off the top of your head that she should start off with? Well, I think it's very timely to talk about a RACI matrix um, that came up a little bit this morning. So in program management terms, it's a responsibility matrix, basically. Mm -hmm. And I would say for anybody listening, if you don't have a RACI matrix for your organization, that's like a great place to start. So RACI stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consulted, and Informed. And you basically just list all the tasks and all the ownership responsibilities that need to happen with your business and be real clear on who owns that and who's responsible and who just maybe needs to be informed. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have, as a business owner, you don't need to be involved in every single decision, nor do you probably have time or energy to do that. You have to be able to delegate, but it needs to be real clear who is doing what and on what timeline and how. 
Mm-hmm. Which leads me to another favorite thing of Lisa's, which is weasel words. So <laughs> I love this. <laughs> have you all heard of weasel words before? I have. I haven't either. I have. Oh. <laughs> I wonder who told you. I wonder who told you. <laughs> so weasels are super cute, um, but weasel words are not. So a weasel word is basically kind of like a vague description of something that should be quantified but isn't. Mm-hmm. So you absolutely should avoid weasel words. So, for instance, if I say, hey, Lisa, I need you to get this thing to me ASAP. And weasel word. Right. That ASAP, soon, even like tomorrow, like I could be 9 a.m. like, Lisa, I can't believe she didn't get this thing to me. I told her I needed it tomorrow. Right. And she's thinking like, oh, I thought it was like end of day. So it leads to a lot of misunderstandings and, you know, even like business cost. Like I remember a case study where somebody said something costs some amount of money, but they forgot to put like what currency it was in. And it was, you know, U.S. dollars and they thought it was Chinese yuan or something. And it Hmm. ended up, you know, the money was off, like not being very specific. Oh my God, this brings me back to something that happened in a collective. Okay, I got a message from somebody saying that they were very upset and they wanted to let me know that someone advertised cake pops and they were extra. Like you had, they had made too many cake pops and did anybody want to come pick them up? Well, there was nowhere in the post saying you have to pay for this, right? So I've done Mm. this before where people make too much and you do have to pay for it, right? You just, hey, I've got extra, come and get it, you know? So there was a whole misunderstanding about that because she thought this was free. So you really have to be very clear with mm-hmm. pricing as well. Like make sure if it's a purchase, there's a purchase point. Yep. Wow. Exactly. That's a great example because yeah. you would think it was free. Mm-hmm. If it's like, hey, I have these extra. I don't want to throw them away. Somebody come get them. Mm-hmm. If the price is not stipulated, how would you know? And then there's a lot of bad exactly. feelings and churn that comes from a that. A lot of assumptions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Assumptions are so bad. I try to be like super clear, and that's that's another thing that we talk about is smart goals. Your goals should be smart. Um, mm-hmm. Have you all heard of smart goals? Yes, I haven't. You haven't? Okay. Am I not a business owner? <laughs> I was a nonprofit. You're you're probably doing all the things you just don't know that you're doing yeah, them. Okay. They have names. <laughs> yeah, they have names, and it's good to keep them in mind. Mm. But smart goals are goals that are specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and okay. time bound. Because anything else, like you have to know where you want to go to make sure you get there. Because otherwise, if you haven't defined like what does success look like, then how will you know like if you're successful or not? Like even if you're like, I want to make more money. Like, okay, great. How much more? Right. You have to be able to measure that stuff. So everything should be a SMART goal, like time-bound, actionable, very specific Do you Um, think that people have trouble with setting these SMART goals and not using weasel words because you set yourself up for failure mentally by giving yourself this time frame, this goal, and this specific thing? And so then if you don't get it done by that time frame or you don't do exactly that, achieve that amount of money or whatever the specific thing is, then you failed. Yeah. I think there's definitely a psychological component to it. And like for me, it's super important to know your numbers. Like if you all watch Shark Tank at all, you hear Mr. Wonderful, all then they're like, you have to know your numbers, right? Right. And that can be really daunting because numbers can be bad. Like I don't want to see the number on the scale. I don't want to see the number on my credit card statement. <laughs> I hear you. Know, you know, like, <laughs> so I think a lot of people 
don't want to set that baseline because your house may be in disarray and it's, you know, it's a source of shame or embarrassment. You're like, I should be making more than this or I, there's right. shame attached to it. And it shouldn't. You are where you are today. You can't change that, but you got to start somewhere. So start now. And don't worry about, like, for somebody like me, the more disarray your house is in, the more exciting it is because there's so much low-hanging fruit for improvement. <laughs> so, like, I'm not judgy. You know, if it, everything's a shit show, awesome. Because, hey, oh, my gosh, you guys can change this. You can do that. Did you know this? Right. Because so, helps. I know. She's like, yeah. she's off, you know, you have offered to come in and help with artisan plumbing. And I'm always like, no way. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not. It's awesome. But it's, you know, right. it's not as organized as it should be. Right. And it may, you have to be vulnerable. Like, there's a whole psychological component. You have to be vulnerable to let somebody in to help you mm -hmm. and trust that they have the best of intentions and they're not going to, you know, violate any privacy or anything like that. It is hard. Like, my house is a wreck. I just don't have time or the energy or the organization. Mm -hmm. I could probably benefit from someone to come in and help me get organized. Mm -hmm. right. But it's such an embarrassment that I'm like, oh, my God, nobody's coming <laughs> over to my house. I'll be Chip Magnolias, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so do what I say, not what I do. Well, in business. In right. business. Yes. yes. Well, I would say that there's so many things in business that we just don't know. We can't do it all, right? Right. So, I mean, when you first start out a business, you're the bookkeeper, you're the accountant, you're the marketer, you're, mm -hmm. I mean, you're everything and you're the person doing the service or, you know, selling the products. But then eventually you, you have to seek out for those experts. Yeah. And a lot of times what people don't realize is that we do need someone like you helping us get to that next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is awesome. I'm over here like already taking notes. <laughs> I'm about her. to text my husband. <laughs> Allison, tell yeah. her about the fish. The oh. fish. Oh, yeah. Y'all would love this. So it's called the Ishikawa fishbone diagram. Ishikawa. Yeah, Ishikawa is a formal term, but it's a fishbone diagram. Basically, if you imagine a fish skeleton, right? And it's a tool that's used for problem solving mm -hmm. and for working backwards. Because a lot of times, like we were talking about assumptions, if you're having a problem at work or in your friendships or relationships or whatever, you might assume a certain root cause for that problem, but you have to really do an analysis to see is that right. Right. So you start with a problem statement, mm -hmm. such as my office manager is always late to work or something random like that. And you don't say because, because she doesn't care about this job, because she hates me, because don't ascribe any reason to it. Right. Just this is the statement of fact of the problem. And then you work backwards. Well, why could this be? Maybe, you know, her transportation is not reliable. Maybe she, maybe she does hate this job or she hates me. That's possible. Or maybe she's confused about what the start time is. And then you're like, oh, well, wait a minute. And each of those possible reasons, you back it out another level. Why could she be confused about what the start time is? Like, oh, well, shoot. You know what? I just realized I'm a new manager. Her previous manager had her starting at a different time. She might not realize. We don't have like mm -hmm. any an SOP written down that says this is the time I need you here. She might think she's great and you're over here mad because she's not performing the way you want her to, but she doesn't know. So that's That is so smart. Yeah, and it really like I mentioned earlier the fundamental attribution error it's caused. It's just hum it's called human nature to like blame, like to mm -hmm. assign blame right. or something when really a lot of times it's not intentional. The person just doesn't know or the process is not in place or the process is broken. So it's a reminder, just like assume positive intent because right. a lot of times there's something going on that really has nothing to do with mm -hmm. what you are assuming is the case. 
So that's just an exercise in working backwards. And then, you know, each of the little fish bones has a different possible cause, and you can go through them one by one and be like, is this it? No. Or, hey, oh, I found out that she, you know, she's late because she has to park five miles away. And, oh, wait, does she not know that we have a parking lot that we own down the street? She could just park there. Let's, you know, evaluate that mm-hmm. possibility. So it might be a reason that you never even thought of. Wow, just going um, deep with it. Yeah, yeah. like try not to work on assumptions because you could be way off base and it could be right. costing you business. It could be costing relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so just assume positive intent and that's a useful exercise if you're having a problem or even a problem statement like our revenue is too low, right. which too low is a weasel word, so you want to quantify. Um, <laughs> but you can work backwards. Like, why is revenue low? Are people not interested in this? You know, like for your escape room, right. is it? And I'm not saying your revenue is low. I know right. it's going to be amazing, <laughs> but you could say like, do people not know about it? Do you, is it in a bad location? What can we do about these things that we've identified as hurdles right. to make it better? Interesting. Wow. So that's the fishbone. Well, that is Woo, so that super was... duper exciting, and I really <laughs> want to introduce you to our CFO. So that you guys can get to know each other because working with him and letting you in with us at Artisan Plumbing is going to be kind of a a no-brainer. But he's going to start teaching us about different processes. Well, he's going to teach me about different Mm -hmm. processes so I can pull up the numbers anytime I want to see where where everything's at. Yeah. Um, And I really want you to be involved with that. So I'm going to introduce you. You have to know your numbers. Yeah. You have to know your numbers. And another good analysis that's really good is have you all heard of Pareto? Principle or Pareto analysis? I am I have. so lost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you I have because this. you met with Allison. <laughs> Y'all. You had this spiel already. <laughs> I'm working on a workbook. I'm going to try to get all this written oh, down in one that. place um, to give to you all and maybe record some YouTube videos or something like little bite size so that you right. can navigate to what it is that you. Um, what about a podcast? Want to know about <laughs> or a podcast? <laughs> That's a great idea. The Pareto principle is basically it's also known as the eighty twenty rule. So you may be getting eighty percent of your revenue from twenty percent of your customers, or right. or twenty percent of your customers are causing eighty percent of the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you break down, there's actually in Excel, it's super easy. Like it's not so complicated as it may sound. In Excel, you just put the data in mm-hmm. and you choose to do a graph, and it's a histogram. And and it's the Pareto version of a histogram. You're nodding like, I think you know what uh, this now is. Now I do. You know, it's okay. adding up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it shows like the cumulative combination of people that are adding to your revenue or to your costs or right. whatever it is that you're measuring so that you can see who are the heavy hitters. And those are customers you want to really you know, pay extra attention to. Did you know there's something, and I heard about this on Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but it's yeah. the power rule. It's like most of this, there's a small portion of the stars that have most of the mass. And there's a small ah. portion of the population that creates most of the money. Yes. Um, there's, you know, in every dynamic, every every single aspect of existence out into the stars, it's that way. So yeah. very interesting. Hmm. I believe I'm that. Throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> we can put it in a Pareto. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool to see. My brain is going to explode But even if, today. You look at, if you even look at like the HOA. There's like, whether you love them or hate them, there's a couple people that maintain order, right. whatever that order has yes. been designated. PTA. Mm-hmm. And then you have your one percenters. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing. It's like that everywhere. There's yeah. nowhere that it's not like that. And you just need to be aware of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So when you take on 
it's a client, right? Uh-huh. So a business. Yeah. So is it kind of, do you do like a month to month retainer or is it like a six week course or an eight week process? That's How does a, that look like for you? That's you a great question. Yay. <laughs> and because I'm, ju- I'm just starting up right now. And like I said earlier, I really want to develop a model that's scalable and that's not really expensive and not, you mm-hmm. know, cumbersome. So I'm still working out what the revenue model will look like. Again, like I have a full-time job that I love. So this is more of a passion project and I'm not looking to charge a lot of money or, you know, monetize right now. Um, So I'm really more looking toward like writing a book and a worksheet and doing like YouTube videos. And, you know, if I do monetize it, let YouTube pay advertising revenue rather than people having to pay me money or, you know, like workshops. Workshops, yeah, like low-cost workshops, mm-hmm. like 20 bucks a person, something affordable right. and, and minor because I don't want to create any more burden on people, you know, when you already have enough to balance in your Gosh, small I businesses. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, honestly, this is so incredible. I mean, the way that you do that, you, you have all these different acronyms and the way that you break it down, I can visualize these things so I can remember some of it. But it's really yeah. cool and so helpful if we could just implement these things in real life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, it seems like a big scary concept. Like I had to go to graduate business school for years to like learn a lot of this stuff. But when you break it down, it's really, and like you were saying, it's probably stuff you're doing already, a lot of it. Right. But just to have a clarity around like what more you can do or how else you can look at it, I think is helpful. And it's a lot more accessible than people realize. Right. Like I you don't, don't have to go to graduate business school. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't think people are aware of what they're doing until they really dig deep mm-hmm. into what they are doing. And that's right. where they kind of break it down. Yeah. Huh. Like, I have one friend that I've did, done like a little pro bono kind of work for. And when I ask, what's your break even? What's your most profitable service or product? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh my God, I'm crying yeah. inside. Like, how don't you know? Because there might be things that you're losing money on which exactly. is fine if you've decided to do that as a loss leader and you're okay with it because it brings in business in other mm-hmm. ways or whatever, that's fine. But you should at least know what's happening in mm-hmm. your business so you can cut out the customers or the products or services that are not you bringing might be overemployed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You might yeah. because, And that's a great point, Lisa, because back to the fishbone, mm-hmm. the problem might be that you need more work to get done. It might not be you need more staff. It might be you need work to get done, and then you can back out the reasons like why is this work not getting done? Does that person not know I expect this of them? Are they not doing it right? If they're not doing it right, why aren't they doing it right? Like, oh, I need an SOP or a walkthrough or a training because people are confused and they're wasting time, which brings me to another point of uh, Six Sigma, the forms of waste. Like there's a lot of forms of waste. I know, Lisa, we talked about the FedEx Example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so awesome. <laughs> it's it's a, just a different way of looking at things. There's a case study from years ago where the FedEx trucks, the gas costs were so high on the FedEx and they were trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So they did a deep analysis and figured out that the FedEx trucks were wasting a lot of gas when they're sitting at a light waiting to turn left. So all they did was they rerouted everybody so that oh. they only made right-hand turns. So right. they eliminated that waiting huh. time because wait, waiting is a form of waste, and they were able to speed up their deliveries and do all this stuff just by changing the order of I things. mean, we've all been to D.C. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot drive in the left-hand lane. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's insane. It's yeah. torture to wait. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are walking, and you, yeah. You have it's, to get a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's an alternative you could find in the fishbone. Wow. Um, but just looking at things differently, another example of that is value stream mapping. If, have you all heard of that? 
Probably not. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear of it from me? Yes. (laughs) All of this is from you. So you're not allowed to answer anymore. (laughs) He's like, oh, I know that. But I think it's important that I do answer because because of you. Mm-hmm. And I think we had wine during this time. Oh, you know? absolutely. So, you know, I remember all this stuff because the way that you broke it down was so, I'm mm. going to say elementary. Yeah. Because I was able to retain it. And it, all of it made perfect sense. It's like yeah. little, yeah. like you said, bite-sized nuggets. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And it can make such a big difference. There's another case study. It was some mortgage company where the turnaround time for loan approval was like, I don't know, two months or something crazy. Mm -hmm. And they were losing all this business because it took too long. Right. So they sat down and did what's called value stream mapping. So they did individual swim lanes, it's called, of who owns what and what all the touch points were for the contract. Like it comes in and goes to this person, takes them three days, goes to that person, takes them five days, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wow, the critical path, like end to end is way too long. Let's look at the individual tasks and what can we combine to the same person? What can you do two things before you hand it off? And Mm -hmm. can, you know, this person do that instead of that person? And just looking at the ownership of who owns what and the timing of it, you can increase your cycle time so that you're getting stuff done faster Mm -hmm. and with fewer touch points, fewer people, fewer points of failure. But it's just a matter of like sitting down and writing out what's the process and how can we improve it. Exactly. Which is interesting, just the process of writing it down. Yeah. I mean, like the SOPs that we need for the collective have to be written down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get tired signing my name, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah. I also think it's people look too much into it. So, like, as I feel like as business owners, we're just, we look at something and then we overcomplicate things. So, sometimes that's yeah. what we need. It's just that little no kind of like what Lisa just said, that elementary, right, teaching, break it, dumb it down for us. Because I think I have tried to do certain things and that's why I'm not in the office as much because (laughs) I overcomplicate, I overthink and I'm like, no, it needs to be perfect. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then it's just like circles, right? Where my husband goes in and like, no, let's simplify this. And it's like three steps when I had like seven to 10 <laughs> steps to do one thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think also just the verbiage, just the mm-hmm. vocabulary, understanding the vocabulary of what you're already doing. Right. So it's easier. So when you're talking to somebody that doesn't know the vocabulary, doesn't, they're doing stuff you have to explain to them, you can tell them how to do it in a way that you guys can communicate without right. having to go through a whole storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really just helps to write all that down. I mean, I know it's painful, but if you do it once, <laughs> You know, and then you can iterate. And that's one of my favorite sayings is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Is that how it goes? Oh, that's, I'm like a huge that. fan of that. Yeah. Like just start now. Like just, yeah. you can iterate. You know, we make a big distinction between what's a one-way door and what's a two-way door. And it's really important to think about like if it's a two-way door and you can just, it's something you can undo if it doesn't work, no big deal. You don't need to overthink it as much right. as like a one-way door. Like we're doing this thing and we can't take it back. So we have to think real long and hard. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a two-way door, something you're just going to try and if it doesn't work, fine, whatever, mm-hmm. then it's yeah. not worth your time right. and energy to overthink it so much. Exactly. What other acronyms do you have for us today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so here's another. <laughs> do you all know SWAT? You told SWAT me about team. SWAT. You know yeah. <laughs> no. Do you know SWAT? I do, but I don't remember what it stands okay. for. Uh, yeah, SWAT. It's S-W-O-T. It's not a SWAT team, although that would be cool. Um, yeah, it stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. And it's a really good – it's a quadrant 
diagram, and it's very cool because you can sit and write. Strengths and weaknesses usually have to do with internal characteristics to your mm-hmm. company. Um, what are you strong at? What are you not strong at? And opportunities and threats are more external facing. Like where's an opportunity in this market and what's a threat to us, whether it's you know federal regulations, competition, whatever, just so that you're aware of what the landscape is for your business and where you can improve and where you're already strong and where there may be gaps. Right. Love it. Love it. And the other thing is for the SWOT analysis, we have like 40 people on the collective team. Mm -hmm. We don't know what everybody's skills are. Like we don't know. You know, I know these three people and a couple more, but there's a lot of people that we just don't know what their skill set is. Right. Right. So doing that would be amazing. And maybe they don't even know what their skill set is. They might not know. Yeah. Right. And skills and interests too, because maybe you could be paired up with somebody who Mm -hmm. has a skill at something you're interested in. A skills database is like a huge Huge win. Even mm. I was thinking about your company, Lisa, because like there probably are other skills that your technicians have that you might not be aware of oh, that yeah. they could also implement. I think you mentioned a lot of people need drywall repair or something. Yeah. If a plumbing, you know, results in drywall damage, like do these guys have the and girls? Do they have the skills to repair that? Is right. that an add-on surface you could offer? Like, hey, I'm already in your home. I ripped the wall apart, but we also do drywall, so I can fix that for you while we're here. It's one less call. It's good customer. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually shop, really you know? interesting that you're saying that because Nancy Tessman, she used us for one of her clients to do a whole repipe on a house, and they had to subcontract out the, the drywall repair stuff, mm-hmm. and she's like, you should totally – have that as an option. Yeah. Because a lot of plumbing companies that do that, they want to use them instead because it's just all under one roof. Right. Exactly. Much easier. Yeah. Fewer exactly. people in and out of the house, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's something we're thinking about. Like what other, you know, focusing on the customer, not really on what your competitors are doing, although it's kind of good to know what they're right. doing or what what the customers think of what they're doing. Right. Because there could be other needs that you all could meet. And if you did like a skills analysis of your technicians and found out, oh my God, these guys were from a construction background and they know how to do this. I didn't know they know how to do that and that they're interested and they want to. So smart. It could help you generate more business um, Mm. and better leverage the people that you have, keep them, you know, fully employed and over time and whatever else. Was it you that said... Typically, if you've got to let somebody go, like 99% of the time, I don't know what the statistics were, mm-hmm. it's the employer's fault somehow. I can't remember. What was it you said? You might be thinking of the that fundamental attribution error where mm-hmm. it's like 92% of the time, I think it is, where you would blame somebody for something. Mm. It's really not their fault. They just don't – the process isn't clear or the expectations are not clear. And maybe they're doing something that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person did this on the job again. Mm-hmm. But, like, did they know? That that's expected, you know, that they don't do that thing. And also maybe they're not in the right fit. And if you did a skills analysis, like, oh, wow, they're really good at these things, but not so great at these things. Mm-hmm. Let me find them a job where they're doing things that fit their skills and interests and abilities. And it's not a stretch for them. And it's not painful for us. Wow. You know, so great. Yeah. Because instead of losing find them, a good employee, oh you might gosh. need to just work on your processes and what yes. are their skill sets, right. what are their expectations and work on expectations. Yeah. Of like, mm-hmm. this is how, and also I would recommend like doing it in a way that's transparent and written. And it almost sort of like removes you from one step from being like the boss or whatever. You're like, oh, the system said this, the ticketing mm-hmm. system, you know, you need to finish these tasks. It says that you didn't do these things. Like, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can make them 
transparent, like even in your case for running the collectives, if we could come up with all the tasks that are required, who owns them, and put it in a place that's visible, then you don't have to stress out so much wondering like, are these things being taken care of? Are they not? Who's doing it? Do I have to do it? It would be in a clear, transparent place. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I love that. Transparency is key. And it's like, this works on every single level. Mm-hmm. Like for, I mean, this is something, I'm going to do the racy thing with my family. Oh, yeah. Because we have weird expectations of each other. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm watching TV. Dane wants me to not be on my phone and literally not look at my fork as I'm eating. <laughs> to watch the TV. You're supposed to watch. But our expectations are different. Like Dane, his expectations of us as parents, our expectations of him as a son, my expectation from David as a husband, his expectation right, exactly. of me as a wife what are the expectations based on? Are they realistic? Mm-hmm. What are our skill sets? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not <Right>. cooking. <laughs> Mine doesn't either. Exactly. It's yeah. about communication. At the end of the day, a lot of it is just communication and communicating your wants and needs and your capacity. And this is one key principle of Agile, which is these sprint plannings and everything. But you start with what is your capacity? And then you work from that and you look at your backlog and you have all your tasks broken out. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to meet with this person. Build in your personal time Mm -hmm. and your, you know, mental health time. And then you say like, where is this 40 hours going this week or however much it is? And you allocate it and then that's it. And then if other things come up, you are aware that you either have to move one of those things out to replace it or you just say no. Mm -hmm. Like you can't otherwise... Things accumulate and you end up way stretched too thin and overburdened and you risk burning out. You have to be very mindful of your capacity. Are you a fan of time blocking? Absolutely. Okay. That's really the only way I get anything done is time blocking. So how are we doing with your time blocking today? (laughs) (laughs) See, you always got to build in a buffer. (laughs) There you go. A buffer. I built in a buffer. Oh my gosh. So funny. (laughs) So you have this new product that you're working on developing and mm-hmm. who is your market? You're going to do it to YouTube and then small business owners. Yeah. I'm still working out like how exactly I'm going to implement it. Cause like mm-hmm. I said, I don't want it to be any financial burden for anybody. And then also being mindful of capacity. Like I have a very demanding full-time job so I can only give so much. And um, so it's important to make sure I do it in a way that's scalable. And that's what is your full-time job? I'm a program manager at Amazon. Fun. So, How- yeah. <laughs> um, it's very busy. I love my job. Like, I love working there. But it keeps me really busy and takes a lot of mental capacity. Right. So um, this is definitely like a weekend kind of project mm-hmm. that I'm doing. But I just feel like this calling to give back. Then you have to um, do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a compulsion. But, yeah, being mindful of your time is super important. So important. Yeah. So... I'm a big fan of time blocking. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Do you have yeah. any other tips to share with our community? Um, I think those were the main things. Let me see. Did I miss anything on my little note here? I think we covered most of the stuff that I was going to mention. Just to remember that a person solution is not a scalable solution. So the more you can kind of look at your processes, really look for things that ways that you can automate things. Mm -hmm. And so that you don't personally have to get involved and have a touch point on something that can be delegated or automated because you're only one person. You can only do so much. You have to find mechanisms and ways Mm -hmm. to um, delegate and find other ways for the work to get done that's not you personally doing it. Yeah. No, everything's being automated. And speaking of automation, I have discovered and I'm super duper excited about ChatGPT. 
Oh. So I have been using the chat GPT so cool. for all kinds of things. So oh, really? I will literally type in, write an apology letter to my husband. Oh, now and, a lot uh, of things are adding up. Really? <laughs> so he's like, I will send the most wonderful, well thought out, grammatically correct, um, lovely letter to my husband. And he's just like... <laughs> I even sent a beautiful letter to my son. So Dane, I sent him a, a wonderful letter, how much I appreciate you and how lovely you are. And it was oh, this, wow. and his response was thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but, he doesn't know about chat. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was talking to Tina Cross this morning. Poor Tina, she's super sick. Um, but I was talking to Tina this morning and I was like, while you're sick, check out chat GPT. It's going to change your life. It's literally better than sliced bread and peanut butter. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I am the biggest, hugest fan. It doesn't sound like me, but I don't care. It's awesome. <laughs> I have to try yes. that out. You guys haven't tried that? Well, you're asking me. Have they, oh, told you about this for a while. Erin <laughs> has. Yeah, has. So we, we've been talking about ChatGPT um, for a while of how it's amazing, but at the same time, depending on what you're using mm -hmm. it for, you need to be careful. So, like, if you're using it for content for your website, Absolutely not. It's a good tool to start a base, a structure, mm -hmm. but to never copy and paste. But we use it for our emails, uh, newsletters. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, it's blog ideas, you know, just kind of structure it out. It's it's good. But yeah. unfortunately, Google has just got this mind of its own that it will, will know if you're using chat gpt which content. would affect wow yeah. which would affect your seo oh, rankings yeah. oh well i've been using it for advertising so i was like i'm gonna write an ad for artisan plumbing so i said write an ad for artisan plumbing about you know water heaters or something funny or something like that amazing yeah. amazing wow. and so i've been posting that on my page artisan plumbing i'm kind of fooling around with it but it's just, even if you rewrite it yourself, it pulls up all the content basically how you want it. And I'm loving it. Wow. Yeah. Like I shared a small business tip today for the collective and about social media strategies. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina, that. actually, she was like, I didn't read your whole long post, the super long one, because I'm too tired. <laughs> I was like, it's chat GPT. You got to check it out. That's so, so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And right now it's free. I don't know if it's always going to be free. They have a paid version now. Mm. Okay. So the one we, I'm using is free. Yeah, we have a paid version. So the the only thing about the free version is that because there's so many people using it right mm -hmm. now, it will it can kick you out and then just take a while for you to get back into the platform. But it's, it's look, it's been around for what, about? Two months now, I think. Only two months. Three, so, months. three months. Three months. Three months. Yeah. And it's already a billion dollar company. So, whew. Wow. They send. So and it's it, only innovating. I've been kicked out once or twice because I'm super addicted to it right now. <laughs> um, they're like, get this lady out. But it's like, it, they're just, their servers are overloaded. And I so bet. they'll send, they'll say, we'll send you an email when we're back up. And so then they'll alert you so that you can get back in. But what you can do is if they're if you if you are able to get in, you can do all your content and then you can copy paste it into your notes and then you'll have it for when, you know, like later on that night, or if you want to post it at a certain different time, a premium time, right. things like that. So I'm Very learning nice. my way. 
It's very interesting. You'll be I'm so a proud of you. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it was Lisa Bell that introduced it to me because I met Lisa the other day for lunch, <laughs> and she, I mean we talked about it on the podcast with Chris. <laughs> was I wasn't there? I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you were at Chris's podcast. <laughs> I was not. Was you I? You were doing yeah. the interview. Oh. <laughs> But you did say I have no idea what what questions I asked. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. Did I? I don't think I did. He just said all the good stuff. He said all the right things. Trust me, I'm still lost. Yeah. yeah. So. But we did talk about it last week with Kelly Rogan and how it's going to change education, Schools, education, and kids. Well, Lisa was saying because she has a bunch of friends who are professors how they've already started noticing these papers being mm-hmm. turned in mm-hmm. oh. that are definitely. Definitely. Well, when you listen to the podcast, you'll hear all of this. <laughs> yeah. And I know. Like, and that's the crazy part, right? Is, well, I think more for on the education mm. aspect of these kids are like, oh, write me a 500. <laughs> yeah. And they think they are so smart. But, but it's like, but something have, will come that'll help you teachers have figure it out tools. faster. You have yeah. Jasper that can rewrite it for you. You go on Grammarly, check out the plagiarism Don't level. help the kids. Oh, sorry, bro. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen to me. They catch all those things. That's what you were going to say. Right? Trust me. These kids know. I know. They, they know. Google yeah. everything. So they know. <laughs> yeah. These kids know. We, we don't know. They know. Um, but anyway, so it's just super cool. I love it. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I miss this podcast so if you've already talked about this but how it goes for education down the line are people going to still be taught grammar and punctuation and all of these different things or is it out the window now is it just going to be like everything's automated we were talking about automating processes where we can because we're not a one person uh, sustainable business but where do you draw the line I mean like at some point there's the interaction. Mm-hmm. Like if yep. say we were to put processes out there that were automated for responding to people, mm-hmm. the automatic responses on the emails, the automatic responses on the Facebook messenger, automatic responses to these questions. And then you distance, distance, distance that can, I think, create a sustainable replicatable model, but also a lot of distance. Yeah. You yeah. know? So it's like, where do you draw the line where there's, the human contact. Exactly, I think it's almost yeah. going to be that cycle where it's going to be too much of one thing and then people saying, oh, we need to go back to the way it was and sort of personalizing that again because right. in the end, nobody can provide customer service like you can or do what you can as a human. It's a computer. Right, like, mm-hmm. right, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I, me being in the digital world, I, I definitely see the way things have changed even in mm-hmm. the last five years. Of when we started our so, oh my oh my god is it today today's our fifth year no oh tomorrow gosh. tomorrow's our fifth year anniversary oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. right, look at that yeah oops I need to get my employees um, <laughs> that's why I need something you need a mechanism there you go Sally Doyle Miller <laughs> um, but you know in the last five years it has changed so much. And digital is just innovating. And so people, if you're not on the first page of Google, get on it. <laughs> or call and Leslie to get you on or it. Or yeah. call me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we will now talk about, I think, events. Events. Yay. Yes. All right. So we have some really exciting Ooh. stuff for March, which I'm excited about. Uh, so for March 1st, Washington County Coffee at the Grand Piano Ballroom, 10 to 12. 
I'm super excited for young professionals mm-hmm. on March 23rd. We've been talking about this for to all our young entrepreneurs out there. We are so excited to see you guys on March 23rd at Lost Rhino. And that's going to be from 530 to 730. That is going to be awesome. I think that is going to be the start of something super exciting. And there's like, yeah. what, 100 and some people are asleep. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think we're at 35, 45, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I know our cap was at 150. Yeah. So we definitely have some people on, on the wait list. So I'm so excited for that. And then our Loudoun County Coffee, we have Yay. our permanent home. And Yay. that is going to be at the Artistic Fuel Space above Ridgetop Coffee. And all of our coffees are from 10 to 12. And our bubbles and bling. Yay. Oh my God. So many um, amazing sponsors for I that. Know. Oh my gosh. Oh my I God. Can't. Okay. I'm so, so let's talk about that. that just for a second because I'll forget. You know, I'll forget. <laughs> um, we have Bartik who is donating their time. I think it's a huge, mm-hmm. huge donation. So we really love and thank Bartik for that amazing um, time that they're spending. And she's to, making like spe- two special drinks or something two, like I think that. Two oh, or four. Wow. And, and one of them, I believe, is a jello shot shaped like a ring, oh like a diamond God. ring. <laughs> that is going to be fun. <laughs> that oh would just be like the cherry on top. And wow. then I'm thinking for the names, we have to come up with names for these drinks. We can help name them. And I was thinking something based on jewels. Yeah. Ooh. So, you know, the princess diamond, like, I don't know, the hope diamond. Something amazing, jewels, bling. Family jewels. So <laughs> Melissa with Bartique, and then we have, you know, Florida Cuisine. Yes. So Florida Cuisine is going to be catering for us, and we're so super duper thankful for that. And what an amazing menu. Oh like, my gosh. So awesome. It's like all the options. <laughs> well, like, we want them all. all? Yeah, because I can't. Don't what are make some me of the, choose. What are, tell me, what are some of the, what's on the menu? So just off the top of my head, Crab cakes. We beef have Wellington beef mini, well, mini mini beef Wellingtons. Yeah. I mean, hello, mini. Oh my god! Wow, so yummy. Pork um, belly sliders. Oh, oh my god! There's <laughs> a bunch there was of really like cool Small options. little uh, Philly cheesesteaks. I mean, there was just so many mini pizzas. You better wow. come hungry. Oh I think god. there was like a salmon slider or yeah. something like that. Lots so there's a lot of varieties. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of varieties, and that's what I like. That it's not just one food group it's like a variety and you have mm-hmm. gluten-free and the vegan options too and the vegetarian options so woo, and then we have exciting. david weinshell with bluemont station with celebrations he's donating appetizers so and his time to help us oh, with yeah. this yes wow. so it's very exciting so those are two amazing sponsors and then we have hunt country jewelers who is Incredible. donating a half carat diamond i mean amazing. oh my gosh Amazing. It's just insane. I really want to win this diamond. <laughs> oh, and Marigold, Marigold Bus Photo uh, Booth. Marigold, yeah, Marigold Bus Photo Booth <laughs> is donating their photo booth, which is like a super cool vintage Volkswagen van. It's adorable. Oh, cute. And it's gutted and it's got cool stuff in it and you get to take cool photos there. And then we're going to have caricature artists. Yes. Um, what else do we have? I, I can't even remember. I mean, it, so we, already, oh, we have the drone photographer guy. And then the drone, yeah, the photographer oh and the gosh. video. And, you know, honestly, this is just going to be such an amazing event. And then Spark is going to be there. Debbie Alexander with we Spark. We love you, Debbie. She, of course, is going to talk a little bit about Spark and have some of their actual Participant, participants um, be there because that's what we're doing this right. for is for them. Yay. And it's just going to be amazing. I mean, just with what we named, if you don't want to be there, I don't know. I don't know. And it's also going to be at the Waterford Pearl, which is an absolutely gorgeous location in Waterford, and it's Virginia. Be spring. And, oh my gosh. Oh. It's going to be out by in the garden. 
and everybody save up for raffles because what's oh my gosh raffle Lisa oh my god okay oh my, so, you have to talk about that because okay. I, and save your money because I've already got a piggy filled <laughs> <laughs> with money for that I raffle think, I think we're gonna we're gonna be super best friends with Gabe so even if you don't win let's I think we can still get you in the air okay um, so Gabe Muller I'm. A little competitive, so I, I want to win. <laughs> okay, you win everything. I know she really does. She might win the diamond oh. and all of this. <laughs> I'll share. Okay. Will you? I don't She's know. Gonna chip off a piece of that diamond. <laughs> um, so we have something called Fly Away with Me, which is our first package that we've put together for this amazing gala to benefit Specially Adapted Resource Club. And it is, you're going to go up for a sunset tour, a private sunset tour above the Loudoun County breweries and vineyards. Amazing. And then you're going to land and you're going to be greeted by a private car that is then going to take you to the most beautiful bed and breakfast in Loudoun County. You're going to go to Hidden View Bed and Breakfast and you're going to have a wonderful evening there, a nice breakfast in the morning, feel refreshed, and hopefully polish your diamond that you won at this <laughs> raffle. And off you go. Amazing. Wow. And this isn't a small plane, right? When you say flying, it's not a it's helicopter a, or a hot air balloon or no. what is it? It's no. a, I, think it might, I don't think it's is like it a, a Chinese spy balloon. What is it? What are we flying small, in? It's a small like charter plane. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, because it's right out of the Leesburg airport. So oh. that's where he has his plane parked. Yeah. And so Gabe cool. Muller actually owns Smokehouse Pilots. And it's a club for pilots all over the country. And kind of like the collective, how we get together once a month and we network the pilots network and they get together at one location. Like I think they went to Key West recently and they just all meet up from across uh, probably oh, wow. this side of the, this side of the country, but they, they, they meet up and they network and they hang out and they do charity work. That's like they, awesome. they'll take um, service dogs from one location to the next whenever oh, possible so that they, you save on that immense fee that the service dogs, you know, will cost you. So they do tons of charity work. I think two years ago, they raised like almost $500,000 at the Leesburg airport doing this big event that they do. And they, they give the money to scholarships for young people in different situations to help them through pilot school. That's that's amazing. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So Gabe Muller is the man. (laughs) And a sponsor, a bling sponsor. And he's a bling sponsor too. he's a bling sponsor. He's a bling sponsor and is giving an opportunity of a lifetime to, I mean, come on, see the breweries at sunset over... I know. In the air, and then Scott Fink, Scott Fink, who has five star executive chauffeurs, and he's donating the the private car. It's amazing. And then Cherry Christofferson, who owns Hidden View Bed and Breakfast, she's donating the space. So we have just the most amazing group of people Mm -hmm. here. I mean, you're literally going to feel like Elon Musk that day. (laughs) (laughs) You could. I mean, you know, you're just like, oh, I just got off my plane, and there's my car. It'll definitely be fun. It will Dude, be amazing. I have the but- biggest crush on Elon Musk. <laughs> oh my god! Well, we do have a few sponsorships left, so just head on over to the socialcollectives.org and check it out if you want to be a part of this amazing event. I mean, I mean, what else can can we say? Like, this is going to be amazing. So just head on over to the website and become a sponsor. Okay. Is that what we have for announcements? That is what we have for events, yes. Okay, Miss Rosalina. I really need to change my last name. (laughs) I know, right? Officially. Lovos. I love Leslie Lovos with local SEO. I know. It's all too many L's. I love it too. (laughs) 
So we're going to pop over to the Kids Collective, which we did at the Dulles Town Center Mall last summer, where we did podcasts on location with all the different little kid entrepreneurs. And we've been releasing them at the end of our episodes throughout you know, our time since. And I'm not sure who we have today, but listen in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Social Collective's Kid Vendor Event here at the Dulles Town Center Mall. We are here with one of our young entrepreneurs, Liz Marie, with Liz Marie Creations. Hi, how are you? Good. Well, thank you for being here with us today. You're welcome. Would you mind telling me a little bit about your business, please? So, when I was free, I brought like a mini mouse. My dad could tell what it is, and... He was like amazed, so um, I was drawing and drawing until um, two years ago. I started painting in third grade. That was kind of hard for me since it was like the first time. And then now I made like my own little company and I sold lots of paintings today. My favorite ones are like beach, mountains, and like kind of like a flat land. Do you remember my son came over earlier and bought one of your paintings? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Which painting was that? Looked like maybe a, a mountain. I can't remember if it was a beach or a mountain. But he saw it from his booth, and he said, I have to go get that art. And he ran right over to get it. And it was beautiful. And I saw so many people walking around with your portraits today. Very, very good job. Thank you. You're welcome. So you are, how old are you? Ten. And you started when you were three? Well, I started drawing when I was three, like Minnie Mouse. And then when I started painting, I was in third grade. Okay. So what is your favorite thing about being an artist? Like, I really like to draw because it makes me, like, feel, like, kind of like a peaceful place when sometimes I feel, like, stressed or mad or something, something like that. I go to, like, kind of paint a beach or something. Oh, my gosh. You have the heart and soul of an actual artist, my friend. That is amazing. I love that. It brings you peace and joy. And it's going to bring so many people peace and joy that get to see what you've put onto canvas. All of your paintings are very relaxing. Did you notice that? So you kind of like put that feeling onto canvas to share with others. It's beautiful. Thank you. So how's your price point? Are you making any money out there today? Mm Mm-hmm. You are? Yeah. And you've sold all but four of them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think you're crushing it. I thought you had a good price point. I think it was $25 for the the painting that we got, and I thought that was absolutely the perfect price. So good job on that. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're back. Yay! So I would just like to wrap it up by saying, you know, thank you so much, Allison. I am absolutely <laughs> thrilled to be your friend. And My pleasure. to just have some of your, your amazing education and um, knowledge just kind of rub off on me whenever I get to be around you. Um, so thank you for that. And whatever you're going to offer to the community is going to be such a huge value. 
I know I've learned so much and mm-hmm. I just have to implement it now. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. It takes action. It's just like all the, that's you right. know, attract law of attraction and all manifesting. It takes action. Mm-hmm. Desire without action won't get you anywhere. But right. you're a real mover and shaker, so I know you can Ooh. do it. <laughs> awesome. And thank you, Leslie, for doing announcements and being here. Yay, we Leslie. love you and local love SEO. You. And Alina with her new Great Escape at and the Dulles Town Lisa. Center Mall. Lisa. And obviously, Aaron Sefcik, he's the podcast guru. And I want to say thank you, Aaron. We love you. Thank you for all the time you put into this. And if anybody needs podcasting, you know who to reach out to. Thanks for That's putting right. up with us. <laughs> <laughs> or therapy. Or therapy. <laughs> So that's it. Go out. So go out.